When we say call us at Doty Legacy Group, the key word is legacy. It's all about taking care of you and getting it to the next generation the best way possible. Call us at 660-885-8835. Rejoice, O world. One more time, rejoice, O world. Rejoice, O world. Born that we may have life. He was born that we may have life. He lived and died and rose again so that we might have abundant life. And this is the expression of his tremendous love for us. We welcome you this morning as we gather together for worship to rejoice in the presence and the power of God and his transforming love, which is in the process of changing each and every one of us. And so we're glad you are here today to worship with us. If you are a guest this morning, thank you for choosing to worship with us. Two ways you can provide information for us. There's a, if you're in the room, use the connection cards in the worship program. Just fill it out. We worship through giving at the end of our worship. So the ushers will be at the door and you just drop it in the offering plate as you go out. If you join us on, <coughs> excuse me, if you join us online, just text new to FBC at 97,000 and provide us the information. We'll remind you we are a praying people. Encourage you to join us in prayer by sharing prayer requests. Two ways to share those. One, just on the slip that's in the in the your worship program, and the other is on the website, firstbaptistclinton.church. Just go to the prayer wall, place your prayer requests there. I'll remind you this week, we are again praying for international missions and international missionaries around the world as they share the good news of God's tremendous love for us. And so we are delighted you are here to worship with us today. So I want us to stand together. We're going to read uh, the scriptures and light the candle. Yeah. So this morning our Advent theme is love and... Um, we had, last week we started this uh, series. We're going to just read this passage from Isaiah. You'll recognize it. Also, Jesus says this, uh, these words um, in the Gospel of Luke. Let's read it aloud together. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to present me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor in the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord 
for the display of his splendor. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. Sorry, host, you trace the mountain peaks, you paint the evening skies with wonders. The earth it is your throne, from desert to the sea, all nature testifies your splendor. Please be seated. <clears throat> my name is Phil Howerton. My number's up on the screen. If you have any needs this week, please give me a call. 
And if you'll join me now in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank thee for this day and the opportunity to be in thy house and worship thee. And we just thank you for the season where we celebrate the birth of your, our Savior. Just ask, Lord, that you'd be with Kevin as he continues to lead the worship session. And we just ask that you'd be with Pastor Randy and as he brings the message you've laid on his heart. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Our gospel reading this morning is from Luke chapter 3. Let's stand back up again. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Eritrea, and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, Tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in. Every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight. The rough ways smooth. And all will see God's salvation. Luke 3, 1 through 6. Amen. You may be seated.
Praise the Father, praise 
reveal the kingdom calling and to reconcile the lost to redeem the whole creation you did not despise the cross for even in your suffering you saw to the other side knowing this was our salvation jesus for us sing about the resurrection at Christmas time. Wow. All right. Our, gospel, our psalm reading this morning is actually from the book of Luke. Let's read aloud together. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised them a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he said through his prophet long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, 
by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Luke 68 through 79. Please remain standing while we sing.
It's good for us to be still and behold Him. Well, I guess you've noticed we have a different layout up here this morning on the stage. And uh, it's in anticipation of some great music. So let me just remind you, Friday evening, 7 o'clock. Thank you, Kevin. All of a sudden, it was, the time was, had escaped me. 7 o'clock Friday evening, right here, uh, the choir and, and handbells and, no handbells, Pulse will be here, lost track. Handbells are practicing for something the next Sunday, all right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Friday evening, just bring your friends, come. Um, the music will also be Sunday morning, both services. So you can use the Friday evening as an opportunity to invite friends to come and, and be a part of, of the gospel being presented um, musically um, this, next, this next weekend. Also this next weekend, uh, Delane has handed me a note just to remind you that on Monday of the next week, a week from tomorrow, we'll be delivering cheer plates and so bring your cookies and goodies to the church here on the 12th and leave them in the kitchen and then they'll make the plates up at uh, 9 o'clock on Monday morning and deliver them at 10. So get in on the cheer plate opportunity uh, we have uh, coming. So this morning we continue to think about the promise, the promise God has made to us, and we've already been singing about it this morning, but he, is, he has made, um, in the Old Testament, he promises a Messiah. And today, today we'll, we'll look at, at um, the, the, I, this promise of, the, of a messenger of the covenant out of Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Now, Malachi, the, the name Malachi, actually in Hebrew means my messenger. And the, the book of Malachi, it's a short little prophetic book, the end of the Old Testament. It, it can be divided into two parts. And the first part of the book of Malachi, um, is, it's all about lazy worship. That was the problem in early... You know, they were just, they weren't, they were not engaging in worship. They were not following the worship um, guidelines. Of course, their worship was more um, structured by the law than ours is. But they were just lazy worshipers. And sometimes I think maybe, well, not in this group. We wouldn't have any lazy worshipers. And the second part, the second part of the book deals with unfaithfulness. And Israel, they were an unfaithful people. So Malachi brings these prophecies, and, and it's not really an overly encouraging book because he's dealing with these two problems. And it's a problem that starts with the 
with the priesthood and it goes extends to the to the people um, but in the in the midst of it as he's addressing this audience an audience which is complacent and spiritually lethargic and haphazard in their worship he he brings to us an echo an echo from the prophet Isaiah. Say, and Isaiah's announcement of a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And in Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, we read, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire and a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness, and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in the days gone by, as in former days. Each of us, you know, when we read this passage and we think about it, each of us should accept this purifying work of God as a demonstration of his love for us. So this messenger of the covenant comes purifying the people as, so that we can know how much God truly loves us. He talks about the covenant. The, co the Old Testament and New Testament, they are sometimes called covenants. The Old Covenant, the New Covenant. It's another word for testaments. It is, it's in, in the scriptures, it's a mutual, it's, it's a relationship of where it states the mutual obligations of people. Sometimes they're human covenants between two people. Sometimes, sometimes it is a divine covenant where God, God initiates his, his uh, a grace to his people. Um, and, and when you look through the, the Old Testament, God made a covenant with Adam as, God, as Adam and Eve were to be partners with God in bringing about God's to reality, God's vision for what he had created. They were to join with him. Of course, they they messed that up because they sinned and didn't do fully what he had instructed them to do. And so God, God has made a covenant with had made a covenant with them. God made a covenant with Noah. You know, it's the no flood co covenant. And never again would the earth be destroyed completely uh, with a with a flood. God made a, a covenant to Abraham. Hey, you know, Abraham, Abraham's covenant you know, is, is a, a, a twofold promise. It's a promise of, 
of, of land, uh, the promised land. It's a promise of a whole lot of children, you know, a people who would come after him. It was a, it was a covenant to bless him so he would be a blessing to the others around him. And God, God made a, a you know, the Sinai covenant. We are, are, you know, probably we think mostly of, of, when we think of covenant, we think about the covenant made at Sinai where God makes a covenant with Israel and, and basically um, uh, lays out for them the relationship he will have with them going forward. Uh, then there's the, then there's the covenant law. You know, we know that as the Ten Commandments and the other laws that go along with it. Then to David, to David, God made a covenant to David that he would, he would have a royal lineage who would, uh, that there'd always be a king on his throne, uh, on the throne uh, in, the, in the lineage of David. And then all through uh, in places in the Old Testament and, place, and throughout the New Testament is this promise of a new covenant. And so God says through the prophet Malachi, um, my messenger is coming. My messenger prepares the way for the messenger of the covenant. So in verse 1, we see this preparation taking place to prepare the way before me. When the text says it, it literally means to clear a path. It's like going through a thicket and just cutting down the brush so that you can clear a pathway through it. So this messenger is coming to clear a pathway for the messenger of the covenant. And the task for all of us, is, is the task of this messenger in Malachi's day was to prepare or call the people to prepare for the Lord's coming by clearing away the obstacles of unbelief. And of course, when we read the New Testament, we, we readily identify this messenger as John, who came out of the wilderness proclaiming a message of repentance and and so centuries later we hear the we hear the preparer's voice when he says to them in math in Matthew chapter 3 you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the coming wrath produce fruit in keeping with repentance and do not think that you can say to yourselves we have Abraham as our father I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is, ready, is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And so as John announces this message to them. See, when, this, when the season... So they're in a season of preparation. And when the season of preparation, which is kind of what we are, you know, when we celebrate Advent, it's a season of preparation as we anticipate the birth of Jesus. And, and of course, in our lives, it is a season of preparation as we anticipate the second coming of the Lord. But when this season 
of preparation is complete, then suddenly, at a time unexpected, the one we desire will come. Our task in the season of Advent is clearing away the obstacles of unbelief and producing fruit in keeping with repentance. The messenger of the covenant comes with purifying power. Verse 2, the messenger of the covenant here is compared to a smelting fire and uh, designed for the removal of impurities from, from metals. Uh, this refining process is also when it's applied to people, it's, it's the, the work of purification is the removal of wickedness out of, of our lives. We're, you know, in other places, God is referred to in these ways. In, in um, um, Deuteronomy, God is referred to as a consuming fire. In Genesis 15, in the covenant uh, ceremony, God is described as a smoking fire pot and a blazing torch. Moses is on the backside of the wilderness, and what is he, how does he experience God? He experiences God through a burning bush. See, all the way through, through um, God, the symbol of fire is, used, is useful for light, heat, protection, for purification. And on the, but on the other hand, Fire destroys. It is, it's the biblical symbol of testing and judgment. So when he comes, when the messenger of the covenant comes, he has the power to refine. And when he comes, he also has the power to cleanse. So he's referred to as a refining fire and a launderer's soap. He has the power to cleanse. The messenger of the covenant is compared just simply to live soap. It's a cleansing agent. It's the symbol. And the, the symbol of, of washing was necessary because of the separation between sinful humans and a righteous, holy God. And so there's this picture of cleansing. You know, we, we need to be clean, cleaned up spiritually in order to have a relationship with God. But it's not a cleansing we can do for ourselves. It's only a cleansing which can be accomplished by the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, he comes with the power to refine us. He comes with the power to make us clean. And so this picture of, of purification, it's an unpleasant process which can only be accomplished by the messenger of the covenant. And his, his purifying work is with a very 
clear purpose. The messenger of the covenant will sit as a refiner and purifier. So in verse 2, these ideas of, are introduced to us. In verses, verses 3 and 4, they are, they are expanded and help us understand the purpose. Why is he a refiner? Why is he a purifier? The, this next picture of the messenger of the covenant is, is of the skill and the attentiveness of a divine artist seated at his, at, at his work. And, and so the picture is that God, God is the artist and he is crafting your life and my life and the lives of every other person. He is, he is crafting them increasingly into the likeness of the image of his son. And in, in the Malachi passage, this, this refining, this artistry moves from the priesthood. So he starts with the priesthood who were the problem. You know, most of the problems in the church belong to the, belong to the pastor. <laughs> and uh, Dr. Bill Coble used to start a, a New Testament study of 1 Corinthians saying, gentlemen, because at that time there were only gentlemen in the room um, uh, on this particular occasion, that he, he would say 95% of the problems in the church start in the pulpit. And certainly in, um, you know, so I have to be careful, right? And certainly in the picture that Malachi paints, the problem in Malachi was not so much the problem the people were having, I mean, that's the manifestation, but the source of the problem was the priests, the priests who were stingy and they were greedy and they were not following the instructions and they were offering blind and lamed and less than acceptable sacrifices and they were robbing God. And so this refining process that takes place, he starts with the priesthood. And so as he refines the priesthood, then then it has the opportunity of, of, he has the opportunity of refining the people. And so the imagery of this refining work that's taking place is in offerings. And the priests were offering, they, the offerings they were giving was sloppy. But because of God's refining work, even the offerings of the people would become acceptable to him. And and so God is this, he is, a, he is a skilled craftsman who is, who is shaping and reforming the lives of followers into his own likeness and image. The messenger of the covenant is compared to this craftsman. And God's refining work is always purposeful. You know, when you think about the refining process, I've, I've read um, about that there's a, a dramatic moment when the refiner knows all the dross has gone out of the silver. So peering over the silver as it is heated, the silver suddenly becomes like a liquid mirror in which, in which the image of the refiner's 
face is reflected. And when he sees his face in the reflection of the silver, he knows his refining work is accomplished. And when it's a powerful image for us because he's at work crafting our lives. And when he looks at your life and my life and he sees the image of his face, he knows his work. He knows his work is finished in us. John tells us in John 15, chapter 1, that, or verse, John 15, verse 1, tells us that he prunes us so we will be more fruitful. Paul, Paul reminds us we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do in Ephesians 2.10. You see, Jesus, when Jesus, what, what Jesus is looking for, when he looks at your life and my life, what he's looking to see is a reflection of himself. And his purpose in refining and purifying our lives is to reveal his character in us. And, and, and so he, he longs for and looks for and works in our lives. Now, it's not always a delightful work on our end <laughs> because sometimes refining and purifying is painful. But know this, God's purifying work has a purpose, and its purpose is so that our lives will reflect the person and character of Jesus himself. Jesus is this messenger of the covenant whom we anticipate coming he, Jesus, Jesus is the messenger of the covenant par excellence. You know, you look at all of the, all of the covenant relationships God had through the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's this new covenant, which is, which is the covenant of all covenants. And we have been, as the author of Hebrews says, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. For by one sacrifice he made perfect forever those who are being made holy. And when you think about what the author of Hebrews has just said, you know, this is the love of God at work, creating in us his own, his own likeness. And we we are messengers of the new covenant. It's a covenant that's written with the blood of Jesus Christ. And so just, just as God said to Malachi and through Malachi, I'm sending my messenger to prepare the way for the messenger of the covenant you and I have become the messengers who prepare the way 
for the messenger of the covenant par excellence when he comes. Our task, our task is to make him known and to remove the obstacles of unbelief so people can know him when he comes. We are the messengers of the new covenant. So as believers in the room this morning, we need to take seriously our, our role as messengers of the covenant and keep telling his story everywhere we go. And of course, this is a wonderful season for telling the story of Jesus because it's in the minds of people. It's Christmas time. And so let's use every opportunity we have to be the messenger and telling the story of the messenger of the covenant who's coming. Perhaps this morning you are here with us and you're not yet a believer in Jesus. Let me just remind you the promise, the promise is for you. The promised Messiah in the Old Testament is for you. The promised Messiah has been fulfilled in Jesus, and the fulfillment of the promise is for you. And each one of us who are believers have received the, the promise in our lives, and it's, been, and it's transformed us. Today, you too can receive this promise into your life. As we uh, stand together and sing, I stand amazed. You know, it's amazing when you think about what the promise, the fulfillment of the promise does for you and for me. It gives us life. So if you're in the room today and you're looking for a church home, we'd welcome you. Come and unite with us. We accept members now. We exist to fulfill the Great Commission by loving people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Just come and join us. Come to the front and we'll talk about it. But if you're here today and you've not yet received Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, we really want to have a conversation with you. Uh, so come. If you're ready to have that conversation and step into faith in Jesus and to receive the promise, the transforming, powerful, purging, cleansing promise of Jesus in your life, just come to the front and visit with me. Phil will be here to help. and Just come and visit with me. Or if you join us online today, uh, thank you for joining us uh, online. And if you, I just invite you to, to click the I Want Jesus in My Life button on our website, firstbaptistclinton.church. Or you may text or call me at 660-890-4150. We want to hear from you because we want you to be the recipient of the promise of Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. We sing now. If you have a decision to make in the room, please come and share it with me. I stand.